listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello. Today in this episode, we're going to discuss brachiocephalic dogs. Mm-hmm. So you might ask what that is, but you've all seen them. It's the short-faced, short-headed, squashed sort of noses dogs. That everyone seems to love at the moment. Yeah, yeah. they're really cute and, yeah, sort of got that squishy, adorable, wrinkly face. Yep. But unfortunately, they do come with some problems. Great. So we're talking about, like, you've seen them. They're really popular. The bulldogs, French bulldogs, your pugs, the... Uh, what else is there? Pekingese. Pekingese, um, Boston's. Boston Terriers, yep. yep. Um, even your Laza Apsos. Yep. and Shih Tzu's to a certain extent. So there's lots of these breeds out there at the moment. They're actually uh, going through a bit of a phase of being really popular. Yep. They sort of, you know, like all things, there's a trend and yep. it seems to be the on trend. They take the great Instagram photos. They do because yep. they're cute. Yep. There's actually a reason why we think they're cute, according to Dr. Glenn's psychology lesson he gave me. Well, it's not just my <laughs> take on it, but um, the theory is that, the short face with a short nose and um, flat to plain, basically big boogly eyes, um, yeah. looks subconsciously like a human, probably like a baby, um, with yeah. yeah short features, basically, which which um, subconsciously or consciously seems cute to us, yep. um, and they are. And look, they've usually got really nice personalities. Yeah, they do actually. Um, but there's some significant health. Um, negatives that go along with yeah. with um, lack of airways that, that goes with it because oxygen is really, really important yeah. um, and they lack oxygen, essentially. Yep. yep, they lack the ability to get enough oxygen into their system. Yeah, because that oxygen's in the air and, mm. and they've got buggered airways. Yep. yep. So these are brachiocephalic dogs. Um, they're really something that if you own one, you need to be aware of some of the conditions and the problems that can come with them. So we're going to um, go through that yep. in this episode. So just first off, remember this is general advice. It may, may, may or may not be suited to you and your pet. And if you've got any concerns about your pet's health, please contact your vet. So as we said, so the brachiocephalic dogs, the de- definition is short-faced squash nose. Yep. Like short-faced, short nose, short-headed yep. dog. So it comes with, they come with a condition called the brachiocephalic airway syndrome. Yep. So this is basically some abnormalities in their nose, mouth, um, everything that gets oxygen into the system. Pretty much. So we'll talk about each of these abnormalities, which are the common abnormalities seen. Yep. They're actually, the syndrome's that common that they say like up to 95%. Pretty much. I mean, if you've got a short nose, it's all got to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and they've all got the brachycephalic airway syndrome to some degree. Yeah. Um, some are certainly worse than others. Yeah. But if you've got um, next to no nose, um, it's not going to work properly. Yeah. Yep. So let's start with start with that. We'll start with the steno. Yeah, let me start again. We'll start with the stenotic nares. Yep. That yeah, is so, one of the conditions. Yep. So nostrils, um, that mm-hmm. pushed in nose, that pushed in face, um, the, the nostril uh, conformation, basically you've got like the little um, alar fold, so the little flap of skin that sort of is supposed to be open and just protecting from, I suppose, water running into your nose, yep. essentially. Um, it is collapsed to a large mm-hmm. extent. When you look at um, photos or if you've got a brachycephalic dog, you just look at your um, your dog's nose that um, there's not much of an open airway there, essentially. Yeah, their nostrils look closed yeah. up. Um, and look, dogs pant, certainly, and breathe through their mouths. Mm-hmm. They'd prefer to breathe through their nose unless it's hot. Um, and they um, you know, are trying to 
breathe air in through a narrowed um, a narrowed nostril. If you pinch your nose off like two thirds of the way and try and breathe in through that, I mean that's what these guys are going through on a, on a daily basis, yeah. basically. So, um, and that's part of, and they've got other airway problems as well. But that's part of the problem is restricted um, intake of air um, and. Um, increase suction basically they're, they're trying to get air through a narrow straw essentially yeah yep. so that's that first intake of air through those nose through the nose and the nostrils that's yep. sort of the starting point then we move on to an elongated soft palate yep so we're talking in the mouth then yep back of the back of the throat um the soft palate which is the soft tissue flap that helps to guide um air into the airways and and divert food basically down yep. into the um into the esophagus where it's supposed to go when you're swallowing um there's just more um, tissue there than there should be again because you know if your nose was supposed to be 15 centimeters long and it's been concertined up into three centimeters for the size of your head um there's that extra tissue still grows and it's got to go somewhere yeah yep. and there's variations on that i mean some um individuals of a breed have got better soft palates than others um but most have got some soft palate elongation of some sort yeah yeah so then a little bit further down, we're hyperplastic trachea, which is having a narrow windpipe, essentially. Yeah, the, the trachea, I mean, it just goes along with the syndrome. It, it They can end up with tracheal collapse because of the negative sucking in pressure, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, but a lot of them have got a, a narrower from birth, from development um, trachea than they should be, which is, you know, pretty crap because they've already got you know, restriction of flow um, up at the front end. Um, and then as they get close to the lungs, you've got restricted flow further Again. down as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, inverted laryngeal saccules. Yep. Um, so there's little folds at the back of the larynx, so that's mm-hmm. where um, the back of the mouth and the back of the nose joins at the back of the yep. throat um, in that important area there. Um, there should be little pouches there. Um, when you've got that negative pressure, every breath that they take in, it um, sucks um inward basically so um what should be a little uh, inward fainting sac um gets sucked outwards basically and and any of these um striders or um reverberation um vibration that you get like um, a lot of these guys you know they make airway noise they they snore um when they're just breathing normally they're doing the thing um and when they're breathing in all that vibration um all that negative pressure um tends to suck tissues inward so both the laryngeal saccules and the tonsils basically Mm -hmm. um, get chronic irritation chronic thickening from the basically the the negative pressure on them and they're more likely to irritate tissue grows Um, so if skin's irritated through infection or allergies whatever you get thickened skin Mm -hmm. Um, if the throat if the saccules if the tonsils are irritated by this constant vibration Mm -hmm. um, it gets thicker and and that tissue's got nowhere to go other than inwards towards the airways causing more narrowing of already narrowed airways yep. yeah so that was probably the other abnormality i wanted to mention was the tonsil um hyperplasia so basically tonsils get enlarged correct yeah because yep. they should again be a little like inward um sac um yep. they evert and, and fall outwards basically because they just get thicker and thicker and they've got nowhere to go so they yep. end up as bigger lumps on the inside of the throat which causes further narrowing yeah so all these abnormalities that are part of the airway syndrome yep. for these dogs um a dog can suffer from one of these abnormalities, all of these abnormalities. Yeah, or? I mean, most of them have got stenotic nearies to some extent. Some yep. have got better than better nostril than others. Um, they've also um, all got um, overgrowth of the nasal turbinates to some degree. Yep. So the the fine, uh, what should be fine lace like structure of what's in the nose, so between the nostrils and where the nasal cavity joins the back of the mm-hmm. throat. Um, again, if the nose is supposed to be you know fifteen centimeters long, you've got these um, circular scrolls of. Both 
bone that are designed to humidify the air and, yep. and filter um, yep. the air before it gets in down to the lungs. Um, there's a more tortuous and, and um, convoluted flow of air through those structures because they're all concertinaed up. Yeah, um, and they're you can't, all squishing in there. All squishing in, yeah. So you, you can't tell that without basically doing CAT scans yep. um, on on the dog. And, and some um, have got you know the extreme face dogs. They've got you know very tortuous um, nasal yep. flow, and, and some of them need to have that carved out yep. basically to to open up their airways enough yep. that they can get enough air through. Yeah. Yep. But they can suffer from one or all of those specific abnormalities. Yeah. Can't I they? mean, most of them have got you know airway nostril narrowing to some degree, yep. um, elongated soft palate to some degree, yep. and um, the nasal turbinates are quite tortuous to some degree. And those three things is what they have at the start, and then um, the influx of air and all that yeah. vibration and irritation and long-term uh, inflammation that goes on there causes the the tonsils and the mm-hmm. sacculitis and, and you know collapsing tracheas sometimes yep. they get um, actually collapsing bronchi so this again mm-hmm. that negative sucking in pressure um the airways lower down in the lungs getting um collapsed and, and sucking mm-hmm. in as well um and also the um i mean you can end up with pressure changes in pressure changes in the um Sorry, I've got a phone going here for some reason. Um, pre- pressure changes in the um, pulmonary structure actually can cause heart troubles yep. down the track because of, of pressure changes with blood flow and that yeah. sort of thing. So it's a it's a sort of cascade effect of increasing complications um, because of the initial couple of problems. Yeah. yeah. See, I sort of think of it as like they're breathing. Like if you think breathing through a snore, uh, you're breathing through a straw. It's meant to be a certain size. Their straw is already smaller. Yep. Then it goes through another straw, which is getting smaller. Yep. And then it goes through another one. Yeah. All the way down this airway tract. Yep. So from the nose through to the through the back of the mouth, through to their lungs, every stage is getting narrower for them. Potentially. Yep. Yeah. And the further and the longer that happens for, um, the more likely it is for those problems to get worse yeah. yeah so they start bad and they can end up catastrophic yep. yeah and i mean you know in the tropics or you know in summer um certainly you know getting enough air through yeah. to cool down is certainly a problem um so i mean they're definitely more prone to um hypothermia heat stroke yes, yes, um yep. because they you know can build up large amounts of heat um in a very short amount of time as can any dog um, but they tend to be little soccer balls and and yep. um you know large surface area to volume ratio yep. where they don't dissipate heat very well and, and their airways you know their tongue short and their airways are short and they can't shift that much air, so they end up with more prone to, to overheating. Yep. Um, I mean, certainly some of them end up with um, you know, narrow airways where they can just not actually exercise um, and yes, they just faint, common, faint yeah. and collapse and, and that sort of thing. Um, and some of them end up having um, permanent tracheostomies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only sort of 1% of them, um, but some of them end up yeah having a, a hole cut in the base of their throat, yeah. so just bypassing their nose and their throat uh, as in the back of the mouth yep. um, and the pharynx all together to, to get airway in yep. to, to lower down which is um, a bit disastrous yeah. See that heat stress is one of the secondary things that come out of these syndromes um, but there's also a lot of effects other secondary effects from those um, sort of half a dozen abnormalities that we spoke about aren't there that yep. causes I mean you mentioned that they can suffer much more from the heat stress but it also puts strain and other parts of the body and on their system of their heart, their lungs in general, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, they're, and they're more prone to other problems like, you know, hernias and um, prolapse. The male dogs can get prolapsed urethras. Um, so due to the airway syndrome? Due to the airway syndrome, yeah. So, so, they, so they prolapse the urethra at the end of their penis, um, which is not much fun. No. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different problems that they can sort of end up with um, because of the underlying, you know, problem, unfortunately. Well, I guess yeah. it sort of makes sense because... 
every creature needs oxygen. Yes. And if you're essentially oxygen deprived, it's going to put- oxygen deprived. It's just like the the pressure, like you see them there, like they're sucking in there. Um, the rib, ribs are expanding outwards against a partially closed airway so their abdomens are sucking inwards at the mm-hmm. same time because the diaphragm's got to have that pressure go somewhere sort yeah. of thing so you end up with this flailing abdomen basically so you mm-hmm. can just see increased pressure um, and then um, when they're asleep and not conscious and under conscious control of their airways I mean everything relaxes and tends to get worse sometimes yeah. um, so essentially end up with sleep apnea and and you know lack of sleep and, and don't sleep well for extended periods yeah. and, and that you know has non-specific negative health consequences the of same course, as in people yeah. from, from chronic tiredness and that sort of thing so yeah it's not much fun yeah um what other secondary issues do you tend to see oh i mean it's mostly those airways and and all the other problems that we've gone through but it's really just like it starts as those couple of you know bad bad problems um and then that flows through to causing the other one so Mm. um if we're going to do something about it earlier the better basically preemptive strikes on trying to normalize airways as much Mm -hmm. as possible um and that's making a call you know as early as you know three months of age on the Mm -hmm. on the nostril side of things like augmenting changing doing surgery on those on on the nostrils yep um to open up those airways um at, at a minimum Mm-hmm. Um, everything else realistically needs to be assessed under general anaesthetic, um, whether that's looking at the soft palate, looking at the tonsils, looking at the saccules, um, you know, doing imaging, so x-raying the um, trachea, see how wide the trachea is, um, uh, CAT scans to, to check out those nasal turbinates. I mean, some of these guys are in you know, significant problems early yeah. and some of them are not too bad and, you know, it's it's a – a lot of the breeds have like normalised this, and people are used yeah. to the noise and the snoring and and um, sort of laughing at how loud they are when they were asleep and that sort yep. of thing. Um, but that's you know it's a sign of an underlying health issue, which is having devastating effects to the to their it's bodies long term. Kind yeah. of true that it's normalised in those smaller in these sort of schools. Oh, because if or if a German Shepherd or a <laughs> Dalmatian started doing it, you'd sort of think, oh, why yeah. is that doing that? And non specifically, I mean, being overweight, I keep harping on about that, but I mean. <laughs> The fatter they are, the more um, soft tissue they've got in their airways, mm-hmm. and, and that doesn't help as far as the um, the tonsils and the soft palate sort of things. Like the you know, if they're um, overweight, it, it adds more soft tissue to those areas certainly. Um, but it's really, um, yeah, it's normalised because ninety five percent of them have got you know yep. these issues because they've got a short face so they've automatically got these issues yeah. it just depends on the severity of it um i mean it is yeah it is to a large extent normalized but it doesn't mean that that it's um it's doing them any good i mean on average um we think these guys probably live about four years um shorter lifespans yep. than than other equivalent dogs of their size yep. um and size in dogs is really important as far as um potential lifespan sort of yep. thing but it certainly you know has a significant impact on their mm-hmm. on their longevity and look there's you know there's 15 year old bulldogs and there's 17 year old pugs and everything else out there but there's a substantial number that that pull up well short of that because yeah. of um you know all the complications that we've gone through yeah, yeah. so with all of these um abnormalities you mentioned that we there is our surgeries available and yep. a number of surgeries available for yep. various abnormalities do you want to sort of go through a couple of those or yeah. it's more the common ones i guess yeah i mean the most common one is is um, fixing those <laughs> nostrils to start with and that's um opening up the first amount of air that can get um, yep. in, in the airways and and in pretty much it's 95 percent of these breeds you know should have that done probably at three months of age okay. yep. um and it's not a big surgery you just take a little wedge out of each nostril yep. um put in some absorbable sutures and i mean it's an anesthetic um but it's um it's for their lifetime going to make a difference to their quality mm-hmm 
mm-hmm. life essentially, um, whether you assess their soft palate at the same time mm-hmm. because, again, all those things have got to be done um, under anaesthetic. As soon as you start looking at, you know, soft palate surgeries and, and certainly terminate surgeries and something, it's usually, a, you know, a specialist procedure. There's yeah. um, there's vets that aren't specialists that are doing the procedure and, and they're usually, you know, in a situation where they're seeing lots of, you know, breeders or, or yeah. you know, it, word gets out that um, a vet, you know, likes these sort of dogs or, mm. or deals with them a lot of the time. Um, so it's not necessarily a specialist procedure, um, but, but it's it's it's, it's not a work. yeah it's not a simple procedure yeah, by yeah. any means. Um, and look, they have got increased anaesthetic risk, and that's um, mm-hmm. anaesthetic risk for anything. It's not vastly increased, and you you know pre oxygenate them before mm-hmm. you give them um, anaesthetic agents, and and you've got to maintain an open airway until they're basically sitting up looking at you and still mm-hmm. they've still got a tube down their throat because if they haven't got conscious control of their airways they're a lot more likely to mm-hmm. um, not be able to breathe through their airways so you've yep. got to intubate them have a, an endotracheal tube down there yep. um, for um, usually longer than than um, mm-hmm. most pets because they've got compromised airways certainly yep. yeah that's definitely and yeah they are that little bit of a higher anesthetic risk for any surgery so when they're going for desexing or yeah. whatever so. and i mean it's not not that that means you shouldn't do those no, procedures. Right. It means that you just take the extra precautions and, and, and yes, treat them appropriately. Yeah. Um, but it's still you know, it's still something to take into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do recommend that at that three month stage, get them in to see a vet, look for that sort of to do that. Nose yeah, job I mean it's usually. I mean, I, I discuss it if I see them for vaccinations. Yeah. You know, it's gee, you know, you look at their face and, and yeah. they've got bugger all nostril yeah. um, fold, and I can improve that in the short term. Yeah. Um, and do you do that first with a, you know, a quick procedure then to open mm-hmm. up those airways um, because the longer you delay those, um, you know, surgeries that can change the airways down the track, the um, the less likely you are to get those those secondary mm-hmm. changes because once you start looking at taking out tonsils and taking out laryngeal saccules and, and doing those sort of surgeries, I mean, they're a lot more invasive surgeries. Yeah, so uh, if you can help to minimise, you're never going to completely fix, but, but help to minimise um, the problem at the start, you can minimise your chances of getting the secondary complications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so those... Um, the things like the tonsil hyperplasia, so getting those enlarged tonsils, I guess, once they become um, a real problem, which they can, they yep. can get so big that they are blocking the airway completely yep. that that becomes or a just, surgery. Or just contributing to it. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that it's becomes just a, a surgery. It's just a, yeah, it's a multifactorial thing, that's the thing. So it's just <laughs> if you've got you know, crappy nostrils and crappy nose and crappy soft yep. palate and then the tonsils kick in and the saccules kick in um, and then trachea starts collapsing, oh. it's, you know, it, it's bad stuff. And, I mean, collapsing tracheal surgery, I mean, that's a major undertaking, putting stents mm-hmm. in and, and trying to, um, you know, do that. It's it's a horrendous job. I imagine yeah. none of that could be cheap either. Um, no, you can't, <laughs> yeah. Ten, well, several to $10,000 or more mm. potentially if you're, looking at, if you're looking at doing, um, oh, looking at doing tracheas and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, they can get pretty nasty. But, yeah. um, I mean, most of these guys, I mean, if it's the nostrils, it's you know, it's a lesser procedure because it's on the outside. Mm. But I mean, um, you know, there's and they're not inexpensive um, puppies a lot of the no, time. That's but right. I mean, there's plenty of people spend three, five thousand dollars on, mm. on a puppy, um, and then for a vet to turn around and say, I think they probably should have three thousand dollars worth of surgery yeah. in the next couple of months um, to try and um, improve their quantity and quality of mm. life. I mean, that's a pretty big step if yeah. you haven't um, been down the path of of investigating. Okay, you know, if I'm going to buy a pug, it's going to have. Ex- you know, yeah. obstructive airway disease to some extent. Um, if I get a Frenchie, it's going to have these problems to some extent. Um, it's um, and more, you know, prepared to to take that into account. Mm. Yeah, as an yeah, the next cost that a lot of these things will be um, soon after buying the dog. Potentially, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, again, it's normalised within mm-hmm. um, breeds a lot of the time. Not either, you know, bash breeders or anything like that. But it's, you know, a lot of the time, um, 
because you're seeing it every day, it doesn't seem as important. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of people have had dogs that haven't had, you know, nasal surgery and haven't yeah. had these procedures done and they've, you know, they've lived their, you know, quite extended lives potentially. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that their quality of life couldn't have been better, yeah. you know, if the procedures hadn't been done earlier. Um, and doesn't mean that they didn't have discomfort from it. I mean, yep. if, if your dog's walking along, it's making a snuffling, snorting noise, it's got to reduce quality of life compared to what it could have if it wasn't making that noise realistically. Imagine walking around with a permanent cold. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. 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 So, yeah, and I mean they live with it, and yeah. and they haven't got any choice but to live with it other than die. Exactly. Um, so it's it's, but it doesn't mean that um, we can't do things to make their life happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, you know, there's no specific gauge for that. It's just we know that if they've got airway noise, um, it, it's compromising their system mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess if uh, you're looking at buying a brachiocephalic dog, so you're looking at well, buying one of these popular breeds at the moment, a, a Frenchie, a Bulldog, a um, Pug, any of these guys with the short noses, um, before you dive in and you pick one from the litter, what what would you suggest to look at to maybe hopefully get one that's going to have less issues? I mean, it, the longer the nose, the less like it is to cause troubles, which is... It is so go um, with the German Shepherd. <laughs> no, but I mean, within the breed, if, if that's the breed you're going to get, I mean, yep. if you've got you know, a litter of puppies, um, it's probably going to be the one that's less likely to be successful in the show ring um, mm-hmm. because most of the breed... Um, characteristics and the breed stipulations are the shorter the nose the better Um, so as far as a health benefit goes the longer the nose the better so if they're not great show dogs they might well be better health dogs Mm -hmm. potentially Um, but um, it's only be variations on a theme realistically and if you look at photos of all these breeds from 50 80 100 years ago like your bulldogs and your pugs and and your frenchies i mean they look like completely different dogs um, because they've been progressively um you know line bred or or bred selecting for shorter and shorter faces because they're the ones that are winning in the show ring and and they're the the, you know the top size that everyone was sort of going for we've designed Um, them this way yep um and that's hard um, it's a hard oil tanker to turn around yeah, um, because yeah. um, when the you know the, the winningest dogs in the show ring are the ones that are most dysfunctional potentially, um, that makes it hard to start from the top down to mm-hmm. to change things. Sure. And and with you know kennel club um, uh, rules and regulations, I mean you can't outcross a. Mm-hmm. purebred so you, you've got the um, you know genetic pool that you've got basically yeah. so uh, if someone was going to realistically um, select for the best airways they'd be selecting for you know all other things considered like the longest nose dog yeah. within the breed that they could get which is probably going to be the one that's least likely to win in the show ring mm-hmm. and potentially you know going to be least saleable yep. because it's got a longer nose and that's not what people are, are wanting and selecting for. So, yeah. yeah, look, it's a difficult conundrum to be yep. in and, and until um, there's, you know, potential, you know, legislation or changes to yep. the to the breed um, characteristics and that sort of thing, it's it's, it's probably not going to happen realistically. But there is some movement with it overseas though, isn't there? There's some movement. Yeah. Um, it, it's largely not driven by um, by the breed associations no, themselves course, probably. Yeah. Um, it, it's driven more so, you know, um, Vets in Europe have certainly been quite proactive uh-huh. um, about, um, you know, um, petitions and that sort of thing to, to try and, you know, change legislation or change um, the way that um, breed characteristics are defined. Oh, but yeah. at the end of the day, it comes back to the the kennel associations yep. to um, to change their um, change their ways. But I mean, yep. there has been, you know, working parties and that sort of thing where um, everyone's got together and, and yep. discussed stuff. I'm not sure about the you know the workable consequences of that. Mm. Realistically, how long or, or what change that's going to make but there's definitely like um, some um, undercurrent of 
um, of people at least talking about it and being aware um, of it, and I being guess. aware yeah. about it. And that's, you know, it, I find it very difficult when I have a you know twelve week old puppy that comes in um, and it's got these characteristics, and, and we have yeah. the discussion of you know I think we really should do surgery, um, you know, as soon as possible to at least open up these um, these nostrils, and and people haven't you know heard of the problem, haven't um, seen seen as a problem, um, yeah. haven't been told by you know by breeders or anyone mm. that, that this is you know a potential consequence yeah. of, of of this, and then you know, it's a big it's a big thing to think about you know doing facial surgery on mm. on my little puppy yes. um, that. You know, I know it's going to potentially, you know, make a significant difference to yes. its quality and quantity of life. But but sometimes that's hard to um, to convince you know, people that, which mm. is fair enough. Yeah. So I think that that's something to definitely consider is that if you're buying these um, short nosed breeds, just maybe research first. Yep. Get yourself in the know about all these um, abnormalities that they can have, but also. Um, Maybe budget a little bit. Yeah, this. it's hard. Just, I mean, you got to take it into account. Yes. Um, and uh, you're probably not going to get insurance to cover it um, mm-hmm. because there's, okay. there's certainly breed-specific exclusions for airway surgery yeah, yeah, and that sort yeah. of thing because it's, you know, if I'm an insurance company and I know that 95% of these dogs are going to need airway surgery, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to exclude that from, yeah. from my um, yeah. insurance coverage because I, I don't want to… Hand over know, money. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around and, and pay for five thousand dollars surgery yep. um, after two months of insuring because that's is what the dog needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to take a lifetime for the insurance company to recoup those yes. costs from that single procedure sort of thing. Um, so yes, there's lots of of, um, of insurance companies that won't mm-hmm. cover for those sort of things. Yep. So it's all in the fine print yep. um, and and it's buy beware. Yeah. Yep. So uh, keep that in mind if you're going to buy one. I guess caring for these guys, these dogs, these brachiophilic dogs are going to be um, you definitely need to be aware of heat. That's yep. one thing. Don't be going exercising them out on a hot day. Yep. Some of them really need to live in air conditioning. Live in air conditioning and, and essentially not exercise mm. to some extent. Yeah. And look, and there's, you know, there's plenty of them can run around happily, but they're just um, they're not as equipped as you know, yep. normal dogs because they're not normal dogs. Yep. Yeah. You definitely want to be on top of if they've got any allergy problems. Yep. Because that in itself causes inflammation everywhere. So yep. don't let any sort of. Uh, feet chewing or scratching go um, untreated. Yeah, unfortunately, Frenchies are just yeah. really bad for skin cancers as well. Like more than fifty percent of them atopic, and, and yeah. you know, I never used to see or really saw an atopic dog less than eighteen months of age. Uh-huh. Um, I see atopic Frenchies like when they're six months old. Atopic, um, oh, atopic as in like skin <laughs> skin skin conditions. Skin conditions yes. Yeah, like um, inhaled um, allergens that are causing skin yeah. troubles. Yeah. So the thing is that that's causing the skin troubles on the outside, but it's also causing the inflammation of these tonsils and. Potentially, yep. Yep. Yeah. Soft palates, which it, are already it's a hard issue. one. So it's just you know, be aware and um and take it into account, have a discussion with your vet and, and the yep. main thing is intervene early yes. um, because you can have less intensive, less expensive interventions early that um you know changes the outcomes further down the track. It really improves their quality of life. Yep. And it helps um, hopefully making those other abnormalities not as severe later yep, in life. Yep, or hopefully prevent them altogether. Yes, but exactly. yeah, they're, they're all different, but it's just yeah, um take okay. um take your advice your vet, um seek the advice of your vet and go from there. Yeah. Yep. I think that's all we can say. Yep. And but we understand why everyone falls in love with them. Absolutely. Cute, cute, cute little buggers, but yeah, not, not without some troubles unfortunately. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks guys. Thank you.